The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. Connection Podcast Network fans, welcome back to the most extreme menage a trois of violence you'll ever experience on the Extreme Three Way Dance. I am JT. Joining me are my malicious partners, Maddie and Jenny. How are you guys doing? Malicious. Wow. How dare you? I've never that's, been malicious. That's man. more than extreme. Malicious and delicious, I think, was the tag team. Oh, I like that. Tag the team. malicious three way dance, <laughs> they should call it. That's it. Hey, big night. We are closing out another calendar year. Uh, what are. 94, 95, 96, fourth calendar year gone what? by the end of this episode. We'll be dealing with the fallout for November to remember. We'll be talking the December 1997 weeks of TV, and that'll be it. Poof. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to us on any podcatcher application or feed, we're also available on video on YouTube. So come watch us as we talk. Why not? Please. Mm-hmm. Some cool shirts, mm-hmm. cool boots. Let's do it. This boots. December 6, 1997. Day before In Your House to Generation X and my 17th birthday. Cool. We recap with Shane Douglas being carried out of the ring by the triple threat. We then get our opening animation. Joey Styles in the Nest sets up tonight's November member post-game report. Talks about Bam Bam Bigelow's dominant six-week title reign that now ended in Pittsburgh. Paulie narrates highlights of Bigelow versus Douglas. Joey then talks about the match. He says Shane needed right elbow surgery as a result of the crutch shot, plus some other maladies that came out of the beating. Joey says doctors warned the elbow could be career-ending, but we know Shane won't go down quietly. 
Were you surprised, uh, Matt, that that was a bad enough injury for surgery after seeing that crutch shot last episode? <laughs> Big O really cracked the shit out of him with the, with yeah. the crutch. It's probably bad that uh, your world champion's having surgery a week later. It's probably not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably bad. And poor Francine, she's just going to have to do more work. You know, she might need elbows. She's got the and she already has a broken she's pelvis. Yeah. Like, what are, I mean, it's going to be rough on her, too. Yeah. Our power couple is in trouble. Mm, yeah. I don't like it. They're crumbling. All right, to the ring we go as Spike Dudley takes on Mikey Whipwreck, uh, Jenny. Back-to-back -back Yeah, Mikey he does. So. Yes. Uh, Spike storms out. Joy reminds us that he has a win over Bam Bam Bigelow. Out comes Mikey. He says these two guys train and travel together. They've been partners. We ease in with some lockups. We get some clean breaks into a quick flurry. We get a pair of Spike Ranas taking Mikey outside. Spike meets Mikey on the floor with a somersault plancha. Back of the ring, Spike steals a couple of near falls, but Mikey hits a nasty tilt-a-whirl stun gun. Spike tries a swinging bulldog, but Mikey blocks and throws Spike over the top through a table. Mikey pulls him back in for a two-count. It's a suplex, but Spike counters with a top rope. Counters a top rope Frankie Mikey with a power bomb. Mikey ducks a clothesline, lands a hard crescent kick to send Spike outside. Mikey meets him with a pescado. Back of the ring, Spike floats out of a back suplex. It's a swinging bulldog for two. Joey says it's now called the acid drop. Spike tries a sunset flip, but Mikey leans down for two. Spike is back with a side Russian leg sweep. Heads up top, but Mikey blocks. Hits a top rope center for the win. Joey says that move is called the whippersnapper. And they embrace after uh, for Mikey's victory. This was really fun out of nowhere. Uh, both guys balled out. You could tell they had some chemistry and history, as Joey noted. They went all out. The crowd was into it. Some big aerial spots and two new finishers, plus a table bump. Jenny, three stars from Mikey and Spike here on this random episode of television. Isn't that amazing? I love it. Uh, I wasn't expecting the spikes on acid and LSD chance. Are those new? Oh. Uh, See, this is some of that stuff again that like yeah. I feel like we don't always see play out, but I don't know if it's going on in the arena or there. May, I think there's still some stuff of the TV we're not getting. Like they mm. cut out local promos and stuff, so maybe it's something that's been playing up. But yeah, apparently Spike is like a deadhead, which makes sense with the tie dye and all that. Yeah, I was thinking that even though I didn't know about this gimmick that it sort of fits because he comes out like insane person and right. he, he, yeah. he works this match very frantically um, with Mikey who looks amazing. Um, I don't know. It, it was big spike energy, um, which it takes a lot to sort of distract me from Mikey, which Makes sense because Mikey trains them. They know each other really well. Um, I thought all of that came across. All their chemistry was great. And then the goddamn finish was amazing. I watched that like 17 times. Um, I really loved it. And I loved this match. And I didn't write my score down. Uh, I want to say I probably overrated it because that sounds like me. And I did three stars, Maddie. Yeah. Um, with you guys, I went uh, three stars on this too. Uh, nice. the, the spiky Mikey connection explodes. My, <laughs> my God. Uh, yeah, just a super fun back and forth match. I really like that they played up the fact that they know each other well because they were partners and they trained with each other. So uh, this is a really good TV match. Uh, better than what? Half of November to remember, which is a plus. <laughs> so yep. uh, the whippersnapper is a fantastic finisher. It's great. Uh, I hope uh, Mikey doesn't need that tailbone of his because he's not going to have one soon. But uh, yeah, uh, super fun TV match here. Three stars. 
All right, Joey talks about upsets in sports, leads us into talking about Justin Credible beating great Sasuke in Queens, and then November to remember where Mikey knocked off Justin uh, on the pay-per-view. Joey reminds us how Mikey was an ECW world champion just two years ago, November to remember in 95. He defended against Stone Cold, well, now Stone Cold, back then superstar Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get long clips of Mikey's win. Uh, pretty good stuff, I thought, talking about that and showing Mikey fighting <laughs> the biggest star of the business. That still one. tripped me out. I've seen that. I've lived mm-hmm. that here and it still was amazing like i loved i love these replays yeah it was great stuff this guy beat your guy take that (laughs) basically (laughs) is what this was all right we get clips of the sandman sabu feud uh stills in november remember joya walks us through we see the sandman's hobbling backstage he's got a beer at a butt and he says he loves ecw that was amazing (laughs) i was like fuck yeah you do me too I loved it. That was perfect. Uh, Joey's in the nest. He talks about RVD versus Dreamer, how RVD agreed to wrestle for free instead of a suspension because it's obvious that WF is paying RVD. So again, this is like another one of those things where Joey's talking about it. Like, we never heard anything about this, but Mm -hmm. they just throw it out there. So apparently RVD got suspended for his actions, but he chose to wrestle for free instead of sitting on the sidelines. And that means he's obviously getting paid from someone if he's giving up money. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And that brings us to our match in Queens. That is Rob Van Dam taking on Al Snow. Snow grabs Fonzie, tells him the whistle's driving him nuts and he needs to stop. <laughs> RVD <Fucking> drops... finally. <laughs> RVD drop kicks the knee, gets to work with a quick flurry. Joey says Snow has been teetering on a nervous breakdown for months and the whistle's not helping. Snow ducks a le- leg drop, a uh, leapfrog, and lands a pair of drop kicks to knock RVD to the floor, meets him with a somersault sun time. Joey talks about how Snow is always coming up short as Al batters RVD with a chair. Slings him back inside and hammers away. Snow's muttering to himself and covering his ears. Joey says whoever he's talking to seems to be answering back. Snow snaps RVD down with a stiff powerbomb, tries a second one, but RVD counters into a Rana. We head outside where Snow recovers. He throws RVD into the railing. Snow talks to the uh, table, but RVD slips off the railing and crotches himself. <coughs> Snow tries the same move, but this time Fonzie shakes the railing and he gets crotched. Fonzie holds a chair and RVD kicks it into Snow. RVD hammers away, gets a nasty leg drop from the ring over the top to the floor. Snow grabs his head, he's yelling in pain, and Joey says, is it the leg drop or the voices? Back inside, RVD hits a back kick and a splash for two. Snow slugs RVD down, but Fonzie gets on the apron and the whistle. Snow is rattled and stalks him, but RVD saves with a baseball slide drop kick to knock Snow into the crowd. RVD tries to slingshot himself over, but he catches a chair leg to the mouth, just a nasty spot. Snow knocks him back down to ringside. We head inside and reset as RVD gets a lazy two count. Van Damme slams Snow and heads up top. It's another huge fog splash for two. RVD kicks away but runs into a Northern Lights bomb. Fonzie's up again with the whistle. Snow gets him uh, again, gets up to shout him down. He grabs his head. Snow hits another Northern Lights bomb, but again, Fonzie blows the whistle, so Snow doesn't cover. He follows him around. Back inside, he gets a chair thrown at him by Sabu. After a break, Snow's on a table. He dodges a double-team top rope leg drop, and the crowd is rocking. Snow grabs a chair, hits both guys, but turns into a Van Daminator, and RVD takes the win. Uh, this is really good. The crowd is super hot. I think they're onto something with Snow. Uh, it's different. He's good at these little things, blending it into the matches and being crazy. RVD's on point, gets his usual assist from Sabu. Uh, good stuff for a TV match. It sets up some good story adv- advancement, Jenny. I went three and a quarter, and I think this is where we get some confusion, right? So, like, when this was recorded, which I'm guessing was before November, remember, obviously, yeah. they hadn't gotten to the head stuff yet, right? Like, mm-hmm. This seems like it's the beginning of him going crazy right. yeah. with the whistle and everything else, um, which makes me think that the head stuff was probably edited into the November, remember, home video after hmm. and not actually 
aired on the pay-per-view maybe because I hadn't really been on anything before that. Mm. Hence your confusion. Mm. Um, so we'll see it play out over TV and then maybe they cut it in after uh, to that. But that's why like now it seems like we're almost restarting things. Right. Yeah. Now he's starting to go crazy. Are we going crazy with him? Is that the gimmick? We don't know the timeline. So maybe one of us will walk around with a head one day. I feel like I'm already crazy, so I can't get much more. Yeah. Yeah. Bless his heart. Um, But I love how he brings that weirdness into the ring, but also with a hardcore tilt. Like he was really beaten, beaten down what he could of RVD like. I really like this match, and when RVD went into the crowd and hit his fucking face with, it was the leg of the chair, mm-hmm. like his, like, oh, I thought, I thought his whole jaw was like gonna be hanging off when he stood up, and he just like, oh, <laughs> like, how did he get up? How did he get up? Um, I do hate that Fonzie's whistle is now like a part of a match, like a character like a thing like yeah i don't know if it'll always be a thing um but for now i, I think it, it worked to set snow it off it does and i don't and, hmm, i just don't want them to get comfortable with with that being a thing that happens but look it's a fonzie match he's gonna be blowing it anyway so i might as well ride it into the story right um i really love when snow is trying to get out just going down the aisle trying to escape fucking sabu out of nowhere crazy as hell just and it was just a war um i really love the shot of when they miss al snow on the table um when they do the double move they look stunned and al just looks happy to be escaping it so i was just all in on this match um and i went three and a half stars in that yeah, uh, I thought this was a really fun match. Uh, a lot of great character stuff from Al Snow during this, uh, you know, talking to himself throughout the match. I thought that was really well done. Uh, Al Snow also hating the uh, whistle almost as much as Jenny does. So <laughs> maybe more so, who can say? But yeah, uh, that was the thing that stuck out the most to me was just mm-hmm. how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like how into the character Snow already is. Yeah. Like he's already got the character down and it's, I'm assuming well, this is like what? the first time he's at it. So thinking back, I feel like he was doing this a little bit in um, WF, like toward the end, he was kind of mm-hmm. acting, I guess we'll see it on Warzone, which had, but I feel like toward the end of his WWF run, he was starting this like mm-hmm. muttering to himself and kind of w- looking around weird. So maybe he was like starting to workshop it a little bit there yeah, um, and then busted out here. But because, I mean, I, it seems like he's already got it down. Like, I think he yeah. that was the thing. His character work during this, I yeah. thought, was fantastic. And the match was really good, too. I didn't rate it as high as you guys. I went three on it, but I did still really enjoy it. And for me, it was Al Snow's character work. And I, that's coming from me. I can't stand Al Snow, so it's highlighted. <laughs> I mean, I thought, this is going to pressure test that feeling. Because yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm already doubting myself for yeah. saying that, but. Well, that's good. And, and I think this crowd in particular helps, too. Right. Um, Because they're super rowdy and into it. That the Elks is always red hot. We need a pay per view there. Yes, please. All right. We get clips of Taz, Pitbull 2, and Brockus from November to Remember, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We then get highlights of RVD Dreamer. Joey talks about the heinous actions of Fonzie's crew. Joey says Tommy wrestled a broken heel and an iron cast and would defend ECW to the death. He was buried under the dirty flag, and then Joey walks off in disgust. He's we didn't go so back. Great there. 
He, he just, was angry. He can't handle it. He's so yeah. emotional. Love <laughs> I love, anytime someone mentions WWF, he just loses his fucking mind. He it's hates great. It so much. <laughs> All right, we go backstage where Stevie Richards is with us, and he feels the need mm. to address the audience and public and fans. For five months, he was in WCW, and while there, he did a lot of thinking. And one thing that stuck out was that June 7th at Wrestlepalooza, he was supposed to face Terry Funk, but his neck injury took him out. The night he went out, wanted to wish Funk and Candido good luck and pour his heart out to the fans, but they chanted nasty stuff at him. So he left him in shock, and off he went to WCW. So he got you sold out chants and other stuff that got him in his heart. He spent time thinking about all that stuff and came to the conclusion that he's better than us because he is a superstar of wrestling. You don't let things get to you. No petty anger. Trifle things don't bother you. As far as he's concerned about fan opinions, they don't matter. Well, his own opinion matters, and he forgives the fans because he's superstar Stevie Richards. He also blesses the fans because not only do they want and need it, but he knows they crave it. He feels much better now, and the pleasure is all his. He then trips over a chair on the way out and laughs. This is what? A superstar can't trip? Uh, this is fine. Uh, you know, it's a little convoluted with Stevie trying to get it across, but it looks like he's got a new character. We'll see if it goes anywhere. Um, the chair was the best part, whether it was playing or not. I don't know. But it was really funny. Um, so it just seems like a guy that's clearly not happy with his treatment and the way he was, you know, talked to. But he's trying to at least rationalize that it's okay because he's a superstar. It's it's weak, but he does all right with it. Um, it he did swerve me because I thought he was going to get emotional about the funk thing because right. I was mm -hmm. I was upset for him with that thing. So I was hoping he would get into that and talk about that. But then he just does this weak little, you know, I don't care what y'all think. I'm a superstar. Meh. The trip was fucking hilarious. Um, so are, are we getting like a sincere goofball? I don't know. He's already kind of done that, but what? Like, I would, I'll like say Bill's this, I guess. Side? I wouldn't spend too much time thinking about it because mm -hmm. it's not it's not long for this world. <laughs> so no. I, think, All right. I don't think we're going to see him much, maybe more than like once, once more or something like that. So I don't, I think, uh, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know if yeah, they gave it a shot and it why. just didn't work out and they yeah. left again. Like, I don't. It's super weird. He doesn't show up in WF until like 99. So I don't. Yeah. Maybe he why. was really hurt by the ECW fans because. Either that, it's or hard his, to go his, back. either that or his neck really was fucked up and he was, he was just hiding it, you know, but it's, yeah, he's only, he's just a handful of matches in December. Um, he goes back to the Indies and he's pretty much just in the Indies until August when he joins the WWF. Like he works, uh, NWA, Maryland, APWF. I mean, he's just like all these random Northeast Indies. He was actually planning on retiring, and going to back to college, but then he got offered a contract in mid ninety nine with the WWF. So, there you go. Wonder if it's a Paulie thing. Paulie told him to go screw because he went to WCW. Then why bring him back at all, though? You right. know what I mean, like to, just to make him look like a fucking dumbass. Like they maybe they just realized it wasn't. Maybe he came back and they realized like it wasn't just happening. You know? Yeah. It's just it's know. fuck. It's weird. And this Should... promo, I thought was really weird yeah. too. Just it was yeah, very strange. It, maybe trying. they should have brought back the BWO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not? I mean, at least that would have been. I mean, over, he's still but... holding down that gimmick, right? It could have been a little punishment deal, and then Stevie was like, "Fuck it, it's not gonna work. I'm just gonna get out of here." I mean, who knows? He might have gotten shit back. I mean, we don't right. know. Right? I'd have to go. I could go back. I mean, he was. It was a long time ago, but he was on the Place to Be podcast like 12 years ago. So I don't. I don't remember 
talking about this like a little blip back. I don't know if he covers it, but it might be worth a revisit to check it out. And see. Let's send get him, him on this show. I was just He's gonna say, alive, send him a DM. Right? Okay. Might not be as easy these days. We'll see. Yeah. All right, let's get to our awards to wrap up this first episode. Best match, RVD Snow. For real. Uh, worst match is Spike and Mikey, which is still really good, but it's, it was really. Uh, good. I mean, there's two matches. You got to pick yeah. one. So, uh, best moment. I don't know. I I had Stevie's promo. There's like no other moments. I get Joey the snapper. Off. I thought. Yeah, that was okay. a good one. Stevie tripping over the chair was that was funny. really yeah. Funny. yeah we'll, we'll go with that. That was funny. Yeah. What a superstar can't trip. <laughs> or Sandman staggering out. God, yeah, I love you. Yeah. Uh, most 90s and with snow again with the mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Stevie's glasses are pretty 90s. <laughs> yeah, those are very nice. Uh, rising, I'm with Mikey, Spike, RVD, Snow. Yep. Yeah. And uh, stock falling, Shane's elbow. Mm. And uh, Stevie, quite literally. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, I just a solid TV. I went six and a half out of ten. We got two very good matches. Uh, we got some good follow up from November to remember. Uh, this could have been a mail-in episode. Sometimes you get these where they throw out old mm-hmm. stale matches and like it's a lot of recap, but I thought they actually gave us some different stuff. Um, and I think Snow RVD was just so good that it carried it. Like is that, If that was garbage, then this could have been lacking. But So I went six and a half out of ten. I was shocked. I thought it was going to be, you know, recaps and stuff. So I'm like, shit, this episode was better than November to remember was. <laughs> so I did seven out of ten. All right, there you go. I went six and a half on it, too. It was good. All right, let's go forward a week to December 13th, 1997. Joey's back in the arena. The crowd is molten hot. Mm. Joey says it's the largest crowd in ECW arena history. Last night in Walpole, Massachusetts, Doug Furness and uh, Phil LaFon challenged the FBI for the tag team titles. It was a shot that belonged to the Gangstonators. The Dudleys attacked them. Cronus suffered a broken thumb and a pinky. This fucking guy's always hurt. Cronus <laughs> and LaFon won the tag titles, which we see in fan cam footage. We have new ECW tag team champions. Styles brings out Cronus. Cronus is in the ring. Joey pumps up his heart and courage. But before Cronus can speak, the Dullies and Joel Gertner come out. Joey tells him it's just an interview. And Cronus is hurt. Dullies get in the ring in circle. Joey tries to stop them. Bubba tells him to get the fuck out of the ring. The Dullies pounce and beat down Cronus as Gertner talks shit on the mic. Um, let's just do the match real quick because it's all kind of one big segment. Okay. So that then cuts us into the Dullies taking on Spike Dudley, New Jack, and Cronus. New Jack heads out with a barrel of weapons. All five brawl around the ring. Weapons flying. Spike comes out and attacks his brothers. His acid drops on all of them. Dick pops up and grabs him, but Jack saves with the guitar. Spike is hanging in. Him and New Jack are cleaning house. The numbers eventually swarm and the Dudleys lay waste. Spike gets powerbombed through a table and pinned. Again, apparently this is a match. Um, just the usual plunder brawl. The crowd is into it. Spike getting a little bit elevated, perhaps, into a feud with his brothers. So Jenny went two and a quarter on the match. Uh, brawl segment what do you think of the whole thing to start the show well um poor cronus <laughs> at least it ain't his leg i guess um <laughs> um i loved joey just like standing up for cronus like no this is not what we're doing this is an interview i've never seen him like that before i mean he's getting you know he's gotten kind of into it with people before but not like that um so he he's like He's like me. We're like just obsessed. Like we're just like no, nobody else fuck with this man. Um, but and he kind of hit hard on the apron when he kind of fell out of the ring too. I kind of got worried for him, but he scuttled off. So <laughs> I guess he did all right. 
Um, but I really love Spike in this. Just coming in, doing the acid drop on everybody. It was a sight, man, because he's tiny and everybody's huge. And he's just dropping, dropping, dropping them like trees. Um, again, another cheese grater to the face of New Jack. Um, but after he gets all his shit in, then he's going to have to eat a lot of shit. So, and he's really good at that too. So Spike is the MVP of this match for me. Um, although that Bubba cutter on the table and then the bomb through it was fucking sick. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the boot cover was a little bit hurting on my heart because that's di very disrespectful. Um, so I did two and a half on all of this, Matt. Yeah, I mean, it was your fairly standard uh, weapons brawl. I, I do think it was uh, more of a mess than these matches usually are. Like, I feel like most of these are at least entertaining messes, but I don't know. There was a sloppiness to this one that I feel like uh, took away from it. At least Spike got some shine, like you said, which is great. I thought Spike was the best part of this match. He looked great during this. So uh, more Spike Dudley is kind of what I want. Just mm -hmm. either have him beat people up or let someone throw him into the crowd like Bam Bam. Just something think you know just something like that he's very entertaining to watch he needs to be on more things so uh yeah, yeah i i only went two stars on this but uh yeah it was kind of a mess <laughs> to start the show all right we get our opening animation and then we get a rematch from november to remember as mikey whipwreck takes on just incredible three straight uh episodes of things with mikey jenny good so. stuff i'm loving it's almost it. like 1995 all over again <laughs> Uh, Mikey, of course, gave Credible his first loss in Pittsburgh after the big win over Sasuke. Credible's locked in as he heads out with Jason. Mikey grabs a side headlock. We go into a quick flurry of reversals that ends with a Credible outside next to Jason. Mikey flies into both of them and Pescado. Mikey shoots Credible into the fans. We head back inside. The crowd is rocking. Mikey hammers away and throws Credible into the post crotch first. Pulls on his legs on the floor. Credible recovers, gets a slop drop, hits a drop kick, and brags to the crowd. Credible unloads an uppercut, stomps and chops away. He hits a powerbomb for a near fall after yelling, suck on this, to the crowd. <laughs> Credible oh, grabs a chair. He suplexes Mikey on it, heads up, and leaps with the chair, but Mikey kicks it into his face. Mikey comes back with a backdrop. He heats up into a neckbreaker for a near fall. Gets a side leg sweep. Heads up top for a high cross body, but Credible rolls through for two. Credible's up first with a stomp. Heads up, and Mikey blocks with punches. He follows up as well, but Credible takes him down with a sunset flip powerbomb for two. Mikey tries a whippersnapper, but Jason comes in. So Mikey releases. It hits Jason with a stunner. Gets a Franken-Mikey and pins Credible again to a pop. Mikey is on fire. Credible scuffling after his hot start. Uh, again, a good match. Had a crisp nonstop flow. Mikey's come so far. He's smooth offense. Uh, a couple big spots and a tight finish, Matt. I went two and three quarters. Incredible suddenly finds himself in the soup after a hot entrance to ECW. I'm with you. Uh, two and three quarter. Another really fun match between these two guys. These two guys work well together. Like, you could almost do, like, a best of five, best of seven series with these guys, like, at this point. I think that would be really fun to do, see what happens. So, yeah, incredible uh, losing quite a bit here, losing to Mikey. Uh, kind of surprising given how hot he came in. They gave him that Sasuke win right out of the gate, and now he's lost two straight to Mikey. Kind of interesting booking on his part. So we'll see if that leads to anywhere. Like, I'm wondering if Credible is going to be angrier because he's lost to Mikey now so we'll see but uh yeah just another perfectly solid match I think I like this one more than the one at the pay-per-view but uh yeah I still went two and three quarter on it Jenny fun stuff I did the same rating as uh that show I did three stars I really just enjoyed their chemistry like does Mikey also train just incredible <laughs> like it seems like 
they've worked together a bunch. I don't right. know if they have or not, but um, but they're move for move. And Justin does have this um, real dirt dirt bag edge to him, you know that Mikey balances really well with his baby face heart. Um, but he's also just fucking a good wrestler, and um, I really like that heat segment that he gets, and I really like the win. Um, not going back to the whippersnapper again, mm-hmm. and hitting mm-hmm. that Frank and Mikey was a real treat for me. So it was really fun at more of these matches, like every episode. All right, Joey says Shane has an extensive elbow surgery after November to remember, and that superstar Stevie Richards has returned to fill the gap left by the franchise, and he had his return match in the arena. And that is superstar Stevie Richards taking on the rookie Chris Chetty. We join in progress. Chetty's working Stevie over, gets a near fall in an Emerald City Slam. Stevie has some new sleek tights on. We saw during Joey's voiceover, he wore a short robe to the ring, so all over new look. Mm. Chetty gets a powerbomb. Stevie's hurting as Chetty tells him to get up. Joey says Stevie thought he would walk in and use Chetty as a stepping stone, but he's banged up now. Chetty loads up a Stevie kick and nails Stevie with it. He goes up top, and it's a double jump moonsault. Stevie dodges. Stevie hits a Stevie kick and gets the win. I'd even grade this. I mean, it's pretty much just clips. Richards wins with interesting presentation. I mean, he pretty much doesn't get much offense in on Chetty, barely wins. So I don't I don't know what this gimmick is supposed to be. Is he like <coughs> is he delusional? Is he overrating himself? Is he cocky and he's taking it not seriously? But he kind of is. Like, I don't I don't know what it's supposed to be. They seem like they're confused. And maybe that's why they just punt it eventually. And it's like, all right, yeah. like, we're out of here. I think it's the only match we see is. Maybe they're trying to do like start from the bottom, you know, and work your way up t- again type thing. Right. Maybe that would punishment if Stevie don't want to do it. Maybe the mm. crowd is just out on him. Like he, yeah, they're done. Over. They're the done. Magic's gone. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a long way from BWO days and Raven mm-hmm. days, and um, I, that makes me sad for him. It really does. I mean, what if you know? Yeah. Um, but he eating his own kick. That was kind of a little. Fuck you, you know. And I was shocked he won, if I'm honest, after that. So I didn't rate it either. Yeah, it's a bummer when you look at how hot he was back over the summer going into that Terry Funk feud to come back and the crowd just hates him like poison or, or you know, doesn't care. It's just it's such a fall from grace for, from how he was over the summer. And it, it stinks. Like, I it mean, does. I'm sure I'm sure he got paid well to go to WCW for five months, but it's like. I don't know. Should you maybe have stayed? I mean, it's probably tough to say no to that kind of money. They were probably no, especially going with Raven. I mean, I, I think in his mind, yeah, he was going to get it. I think he just got hurt and then it just didn't click. But no, I could see why he went. I mean, that was his chance out. Like he came up from nothing. No, mm-hmm. his neck, especially if his neck got fucked up, like mm-hmm. take that's the money. Scary, yeah. No, I mean he's not. I'm sure he wasn't making a lot in ECW. So I don't. I, that's one I don't blame. No, um, and I think WCW tried with him. I think it just just doesn't get over and then he's hurt again and just out of there. So yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I didn't rate this either. It was a minute and a half long. So yeah, not much here. All right. Al Snow's in a car. He's yelling at someone about <laughs> being stuck in the back seat. Amazing. He said he's cramped. He's got the, he's the arms and legs of the team. Uh, he <laughs> listens now though. Not like when he's in the WF, he'll sit in the back and give some control. He remembers asking how to get a push. And they said, Al, just give us a little head. So now he figured it out and it's clear. But it's getting on his nerves, and he tells Head to drive him to the land of success. And we turn, and we see Head is strapped into the seat with the seatbelt in the driver's seat. And then we get a Snow and Head uh, video package. That's just some creepy techno music. Um, 
Well, this is pretty funny, Jenny. So it's kind of our real first intro to head. Um, and Al kind of well, that's the sin of the joke as to why it was created, right? Is that mm-hmm. you need a little head to get ahead. So, a little head. so all of Al Snow is just like a performance art um, against the sexism of Hollywood. Nope. Or something it's just like about that. getting jobbed out in the WWF. Mm, okay. <laughs> something like that. But this was really good. Like, I enjoy this. I enjoy the unhinged factor and the creepiness of head being strapped into the car <laughs> into the driver's seat that was pretty great Man. how did head get a driver's license that doesn't make it doesn't make it she doesn't have limbs i mean would she drive the car with her teeth but yeah uh al snow he's been really good since this gimmick change so maybe it was just the al snow before this i didn't like we'll see because i i, th- I think he's been a ton of fun to watch so far and he's just he's owning the fucking character and i think that was the biggest that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing so he's yeah. all in so yeah this he's been fun. great yep. he's been great and we'll see it play out and uh he's been good in the ring too so it's like yeah mm-hmm. yep. all of a sudden they found themselves a player perhaps because he's mm-hmm. putting on matches and he's got the character now so it's not yeah could be it's like a new raven sort of deal right mm-hmm. To the ring we go for a three-way dance for the tag team titles as Doug Furness and, Furness and Phil LaFon take on Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten and Chris Candido and Lance Storm. Uh, they now say they won the titles in Waltham. What did they say it was earlier? It was uh, Walpole. It... Walpole, Walpole, they said before, yeah. Yeah, they say Waltham here, so I don't I don't know. Walpole? Where the fuck I don't know. One of those those fucking wall (laughs) towns up there. I don't know. As long as they didn't go through Duxbury. (laughs) Brockus and Lance Wright are out with the dirty flag. Uh, The crowd is not happy. Wright grabs a mic. He says, tonight he's not here as a manager. He's here as Vince's personal message boy. A position he takes very seriously. Wright's even kind of got a Vince outfit on. He's got the black pants Mm -hmm. and the camel jacket. Uh, Wright says it's nice that real wrestlers won the titles to elevate the low-class bingo hall belt to world-class status. He knows Vince would be personally happy to see Furnace and the Fawn on Monday night to defend the ECW tag team titles and then hand them over to Vince to throw them in the trash can where they belong live on Raw. Wright thanks Furnace and the Fawn on behalf of Stanford and the Titan Tower and heads off with Rockus. Again, the premise is absurd, but I thought Wright, <laughs> this was a pretty good promo. I thought Wright did a good job. Um, throw the belts in the trash. It was funny. Uh there's a little something here if it's done if it's done tongue in cheek it works which is why it's going to get out of the rvd dream or stuff and into like this world where it's like right. stupid you know mm-hmm. uh balls and axel are out with chairs they're focused to take the belts before they head to raw axel rants about how the title should be theirs while they respect furnace and the fawn's ability it's out the door now because those belts are staying here out come candido and storm with francine she's on her crutches candido shits on the wf and mentions his wife and says axon balls will not be representing ecw ecw is run by the triple threat even though storm's not a member he'll be there soon francine declares a three-way dance and we're on the bell rings all six brawl right away a lot of strikes and guardrail shots axel goes low on candido keeps hammering away for a near fall axel counters a rana to a power bomb on candido they head outside as lafon and storm come back in we get some offense into a nice storm drop kick before they head back out. Lafon slings storm into a table. Balls and Furnace head in to the ring as Balls rattles him with punches until Furnace deadlifts into a German. Candido comes in and works over Furnace. All six return to brawl. Furnace gets a Frankensteiner on Candido, but Storm saves as the scrum rolls on. Pretty good flow in action. Chaotic, but not out of control. 
LaFon gets a Tiger Bomb on Candido for two. Furnace throws Storm uh, with a belly-to-belly. Axel drop kicks balls into LaFon. He splashes on him for elimination. And Furnace and LaFon are cooked. The titles are safe. Storm hits a plancha on balls on the floor as we go to break. When we come back, Candido's getting a back suplex on balls. Axel cracks Storm with a hard lariat for two. All four trade offense until balls kick Storm to the floor. Axel rattles Candido with punches and a bionic elbow as Joey's mimicking Dusty Rhodes in the boot. Candido bails out to regroup. Axel follows out as Storm and Balls return. Storm gets two on a springboard back elbow. Candido comes off the top but eats Balls. Sidekick. Axel tries a slam, but Storm kicks him, and Candido falls on top for two. Candido goes up top, but Axel catches him with a power slam for two. Balls gets a chair. Candido blocks with punches. Gets the top rope run on Axel. Storm hits Balls with a chair. He no-sells it. He hits a nutcracker sweet on Storm on a chair. Candido tries a diving headbutt, but Balls moves. He bangs into Storm. Francine gets to the ring. That allows Candido to hit Axel with a crutch. Balls goes up top, but he's the crutch on the way down. Candido goes up. He's drawn by Storm. They get a double superplex to win the match and the tag team titles. A uh, really fun match. that had a good flow, some nonstop action, a good way to get the gold over to the triple threat. Elevate Storm, who's been great. Uh, get the belts out of the WWF stuff as well. Uh, Balls and Axel get close, but they're screwed yet again. Jenny went three stars. This is a, a really good tag match, and I like where we're going with the tag titles. We talked about it. In November to remember that we need some structure or something with the tag division. And now maybe Candido and Storm can kind of stabilize the titles a bit. It dawned on me halfway through that Triple Threat was going to win this. Because that just makes sense. Um, But I was pulling for Rotten Balls because I thought they were awesome in this match. They've been really good. They were great. Like, um, Balls spinning heel kick knocked the shit out of that dude. I forget which one. I don't know if I... On Storm, on Lance Storm. That was awesome. Like, they worked their asses off. And I really like Axel, you know, his pre-match promo saying that it was going to stay in ECW. My heart wanted them to win this. Um, but it was clear it was going to be triple threat time. They're going to have all the gold. We're going bloodline uh, on this thing, I guess. Um, I was shocked, but not surprised, if that makes sense. Three and one quarter stars for me, because I really like this, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went two and three quarter, uh, three quarter on this. I thought it was a perfectly good match. Um, makes sense to me to give uh, Candido and Storm the tag titles here. Gives the triple threat something to do. Assuming Shane is going to be on the shelf for a while, so I think that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. Because I mean, Shane's elbow's fucked up, so I'm assuming yeah. he's going to be out for a little bit. So it give Candido and Storm something. And look, they've both been great. So reward them for being a really fun tag team. So that makes sense to me. Uh, I like that uh, Rotten Balls was part of the final two. Mm-hmm. Uh, let the two ECW teams go at it. Uh, Furnace and LaFon, get the fuck out of here. As, yep. as great as you are, you're in the WWF. So uh, you go stand over there. You're they're not even there really much longer. So I don't Right. I think they're on the way back to all Japan. Maybe I'm not sure. Or they might the stick other... around here, but they're done. And that's the, the other WWF. thing too. It's super weird that they give them this title reign kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Some random I think house. it was just a transition and to add a yeah. little heat to like the yeah. WWF feud just to get them off the, I mean, Candido and Storm could have just beaten the FBI, but this kind of gave like, a little right. extra heat to, to write and all that. And they're yeah. fun to watch too. Like mm. I really right. like watching them wrestle. So I, I, I did enjoy the match overall. So uh, two and three quarter for me, I did think it was a bit, a little bit sloppy at points, but still, I mean, the, the point got across. So two and three quarter. All right. We see the Taz and Brock a showdown from November to remember. 
Joey's then in the nest. He talks about Brockus being financed by the WWF, but how Taz has built a reputation by making big men look small. Joey says next week we'll be in Buffalo. And thanks for joining. We then get a clip of Tommy, Sam, and Abula entering the arena in Buffalo to tease the show. Uh, so pretty straightforward re- uh, ending there. Best match uh, for me was the triple threat tag that we just talked about. Yes. And then worst match was the the brawl. <laughs> the yep. Dudleys, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, best moment, Storm and Candido winning the tag titles for me. Yep. Mm. I don't know. I'm going with Al Snow's promo. Mm. Yeah, it was good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, most 90s, I went to Credible's baggy jean shorts. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Just him in general. Just his look yeah, in general. All of it. Suck on it. Or suck on this, whatever he said. <laughs> Dude. Suck it wasn't quite there yet. They were workshopping it. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Uh, stock Rising, Furnace on the Fawn, Mikey, Snow, Storm, and Candido. Yeah, I think that's everybody. Owl, Snow. Falling FBI, Cronus, credible. Can we put Furnace and Lafon in falling too? Yeah, that was wondering that. They, yeah. they rose and then fell back. Yeah. Down. <laughs> it was quick for them. Yeah. Uh, so I just did another good episode of TV. I went seven out of ten. I mean, we saw the tag title change. We had the snow stuff. Um, credible Mikey was good. We're back at it. Like everyone's just rolling along. We haven't even had Tommy, Sandman, mm-hmm. Taz, no. RVD, Sabu. Like none of these guys on these TVs, and they've still been really good. Mm-hmm. So the undercard is kind of delivering now. And and they've been doing that, you know, yeah. spending some time here doing this, and it's really mm-hmm. been working for me. Um, I did seven out of ten as well. I did six and a half on this one. Still a really good episode. All right, let's go to December twentieth. We open cold in the ring in Buffalo. Sandman is mashing Sabu with a ladder. Moonsault yeah. onto it, and then we get our opening animation. It takes us right back to the ring for that match. Sandman versus Sabu in progress. RVD's on the floor. Sandman counters a victory roll with an electric chair. Sandman sets up a table bridge outside. Sabu meets him with a tope. Sandman recovers. He puts Sabu on the table, scales the ladder. But RVD pulls Sabu away, and Sandman flies through. Joey reminds us Sabu is working this with a broken jaw. Sabu works over Sandman outside. He puts him on a table bridge, flies through with a leg drop off the top. Back inside, Sandman drop kicks the ladder into Sabu, goes up top, hits a somersault senton for a near fall, but Fonzie saves. RVD sneaks in and kicks the ladder into Sandman's face. Sabu gets a top rope Arabian face buster onto the ladder to win. Uh, we didn't get the full ride here, but the usual madness with these two. A hot vibe. Some brutal offense. Uh, Sabu wins again as Fonzie's boys are on fire. Good start to the show, Jenny. Ongoing piece of the feud. Two and a half. It is a good start. More ladders and tables. I think they just found some shit that they like doing. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're gonna keep <laughs> fucking with these ladders. And t- yeah. Like, I don't know. It's great. I, I fucking love this. Just Sabu being both of them insane. Uh, he's in his snappy lime green. Um, I, I just never, I will never tire of this. Like some people might, but not I. Um, and the ending, the fucking face buster with the chair on the ladder. Jesus Christ. Two and three quarter stars, Matt. Uh, I went two and a half on this one too. Uh, yeah, uh, more ladders, more tables. I'm in. Uh, I, I wasn't fearing for both of these guys' lives like I was at November to remember. So I suppose that is a positive. But because uh, I, I feel like that match was insane. Like this one, it was still insane, but it was like a level down from November yeah. to remember. So, uh, but yeah, uh, that leg drop is always nuts. So uh, yeah, two and a half for me. Imagine you know your jaw is broken, Sabu. <laughs> 
Uh, what the fuck? Yeah. Glue what's it up a, and move what's on. What's a jaw? You don't need oh one of those. God. He has his flimsy, I don't know, <laughs> tape on his... I'm, yeah, what, it's ridiculous. The, he's what he's is a ridiculous human. Yes. That, that's, that's show tape. That ain't doing shit. Yeah, nothing. All right, Joey's in the nest. Does Justin Credible and Jason head to the ring? Joey reminds us that Credible suit of Mikey. We get a third showdown tonight in Mikey's hometown at the Burt Flickinger Center in Buffalo. Jason and Credible are angry, and they want to embarrass Mikey at home. And yet again, more Mikey for you, Jenny. We're rolling. Another match with Justin Credible. They're third. Mikey gets a big pop. Joey shits on the ring announcer, who's actually Paul Lee. We don't see him. We just hear him. <laughs> Mikey starts with a quick flurry of offense. He knocks Credible off the top with a cactus clothesline. Uh, and then tackles Credible over the railing into the first floor, uh, first row. They brawl to the back of the Burt and back to the ringside. Mikey's mauling him, slingshots him into the post. Mikey nails Jason, but that allows Credible to hit a baseball slide and take over. Back inside, Credible goes up for a missile dropkick for two. Hits a seated dropkick as the energy here is great from both the guys and the crowd. Chanting, just an asshole. Credible slugs and chops away. Hits a top rope Rana for two. Mikey snaps off a stunner, unloads, and catches Credible with a boot, a swinging DDT for two. Mikey tweaks his knee as Credible leapfrogs. He's in some serious pain. Credible plays to the crowd as Mikey tries to get to his feet. Credible then leg drops the knee and cranks on it as Mikey screams in pain for Credible to get off. Jason comes in. The ref calls for the bell, but Credible won't release. He finally breaks and hits two tombstones, but the locker room empties out to run Credible off. We get a long check on Mikey from his peers and the ref until a stretcher comes out and medical staff finally arrive. That's a good match, uh, apart from the ending. Uh, unsure if Mikey is hurt again or not. It's been such a big addition to have him back on TV. Given the post-match, it seems like an angle, but we'll see if it's an angle playing into an injury. Credible gets his revenge, uh, and this has really helped him get ramped up. So Jenny went two and three quarter on this. I like the match. I like the angle. I think maybe we're cooking a little bit with something with these two guys, and it makes Credible look vicious. I hate that we're like 17 years into this podcast. I don't know if this is a work or not. Like, I'm like, <laughs> is he hurt? Because he fucking looked hurt, and he was screaming. He was doing such a great job just fucking screaming his balls off. Like, you don't really hear that uh, in these shows. Um, but boy, he was fucking lit in the first part yeah. of this match. Mm-hmm. It was hot and the crowd mm-hmm. was into it. I love Jason being there fucking around. I did notice mats on the floor around here, which is very weird. Mm-hmm. The Burt, you gotta be safe at the Burt. I don't know. I was like, okay. Um, I love that just an asshole chance. That swinging DDT was sick. Like, all of Mikey's stuff was so snappy looking and he just looks on fire. And then I'm like, wait, what? Is he for real getting hurt? Like, please no. But then that would make sense in like his whole life. And Joey's playing up like he was supposed to have surgery on this, but he wanted to rehab it. I'm like, shit, that sounds accurate. Like I'm starting to panic. So then the stretcher comes. I'm like, I already threw my notebook away and I'm quitting the podcast because I bought into the whole thing. And I hope that it's an angle two and three quarter stars. And I'm upset, Matt. All these matches between these two guys have been super fun. Uh, mm-hmm. This this one felt like more of a fight than the previous two, and I think it right. worked for it. Like, there was a viciousness, like you said, to Credible yes. that we haven't seen in the other two matches, and I think it really worked here. Even, even down to him wrenching Mikey's fucking knee 
out of its socket. Just so brutal. And then the two tombstones after the match looked looked fantastic. So this was really well done. Uh, If Mikey's hurt for realsies, uh, it absolutely sucks because he's just getting, he's just heating back up again after doing nothing for two years. So uh, that would really bum me out if he's out again. They're at home too. So I'm like, this is real. Right. Well, they also are getting really behind credible. So there's a chance it's just an angle to get credible over. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, so uh, like you, I went two and three quarters on this. Uh, another fun match. Uh, but Mike, Mikey, take care of yourself, please. Please. Me and Joey cannot handle this anymore. <laughs> Joey is solemn. Uh, he, yes. is, he is in the nest recapping what happened. Uh, Mikey's headed to the hospital with his family. We see, recap the issue, and Joey's very, very distraught. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the Burt we go for our next match, and that's Al Snow in action against Paul Diamond. <laughs> we haven't seen that in a while. Paul Diamond, uh, former Kato. Uh, but also, we, uh, we used to see him in the early days, Jenny, with ECW. Him and uh, Pat Sensei Pat Tanaka. If you're oh, my God. Yes, Bad did. company. So. Pat Tanaka. Yeah, Sensei Pat. Uh, Snow and Head Amble out. Snow's a mess. He's looking all around, talking it's to Head. Awesome. <laughs> Diamond's looking bulked up. He's got a chick with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we clip ahead. Snow's unloading punches on chops. He's having head yell at Diamond. Snow works the back. It's a clothesline. We clip ahead to Snow slamming Diamond and his girl's heads together. Joey notes <laughs> that the girl is chastity. I guess we haven't seen her in a bit. It'll look different. Uh, we're clipping around. Snow's beating on Diamond on the floor. Diamond batters Snow with a chair. He goes after the shoulder. Back inside, Diamond stomps at the shoulder for a near fall. Snow blocks a DDT, fights off Chastity, hits her with a Northern Lights bomb after she slaps him. Then he hits one on Diamond and gets the win. Uh, mainly clips. I thought the energy was good. I mean, Snow's clearly figured it out. Uh, I think Diamond's fine again if he sticks around as a name enhancement guy. We'll see if it goes anywhere. Uh, but Matt went two and a quarter. Uh, this is fine. Snow stays hot. <laughs> Of all the people, fucking Paul Diamond <laughs> to bring in for, this, Paul Diamond. for this random fucking... He looks like a child's birthday party Wolverine. And he's, <laughs> he's like so bulked up. He's got the long hair. He's got the mutton chops. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, I want Adam Bomb, but <laughs> Adam Bomb at home type of thing. Like, good God. <laughs> he's just juiced to the gills. But yeah, I mean, for a for what was basically an enhancement match for Al Snow, I thought this was pretty fun stuff. Uh, why is Chastity with Paul Diamond? Of all, like, it just, you know, anybody else? You know, there's 85 people in that fucking locker room and you stick her with Paul Diamond? What are you doing? So, uh, yeah, uh, this was a totally fine enhancement match. So uh, the snow plow on Chastity got a massive pop. The crowd mm-hmm. lost it for that. So uh, I went two stars on it. This was a perfectly fine showcase for Al Snow, Jenny. The snow plow. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, that bumped it up for me, for sure, that ending, because, boy, she ate that shit. Oh, uh, that was rough. But this was really fun. I, I guess I'm just all in on, on snow and I don't give a fuck about diamond. So I did two and one quarter stars and Al's just getting so over. It's amazing to me. Mm. Quick. He got over quick. Yeah, too. yeah it was overnight. Fast. Yeah. All right, back to where we go. I thought the pit bulls are gone, but here we are. Uh, still Jeez. hanging around as Pitbull two takes on the rookie. We come back. Pitbull one is ranting over Vince McMahon, telling him to come to Buffalo, go to WF Town, and kick someone's ass. Uh, a great wrestler, not a rookie like Chetty. Pitbull one says that Pitbull two can't beat a rookie; they may as well leave. Pitbull two is so bloated. I mean, he just looks mm. awful. Yeah. Pitbull one is great on the mic, though. I still love him. Yes, me too. Uh, Joey says the Pitbulls weren't humbled enough in November. Remember, now they want to pick on a kid. Pitbull two grinds aside headlock, hits a spin heel kick, and slugs away. 
Pitbull 2 press slams Chetty, goes up top, it's a shoulder block, keeps slugging away, puts Chetty on top. Pitbull 1's ranting on the mic. Pitbull 2, it's a super fallaway slam. He stands over Chetty and pounds his chest. Pitbull 2 goes up again, but Chetty crotches him, unloads, uh, heads up, hits a top rope Rana block, uh, to counter a super bomb. Chetty then hits a double jump moonsault and pins Pitbull 2 to a huge pop. Uh, squash Chetty, but a good payoff. The Pitbulls are upset. Now maybe this is it for them, hopefully. Um, star and a half. <laughs> I don't know if they're done or not, but I'm good with it if they are. <laughs> Like, where do you go from here after losing to Chris Chetty if you're the Pitbull? They're done. They have to be, right? They can't. They can't come back from that. Put them on Grandpa's farm so they can roam. Right. Well, it's uh, time to old yeller them, basically. Oh, honey bun. It's a little dark on that. It's the extreme three-way dance. (laughs) You're right. It's not the mild three-way dance. Come on. But uh, yeah, they're they they need to go away. Like yeah, I, I, I was, mean, Pitbull too just looks brutal. I mean, just terrible. Yeah, he, he looks he's... rough. Uh, I g- I gave it a bump for uh, Chetty winning, so I went a star and a half on it. But I mean, this is a a whole lot of nothing, Jenny. Oh, Chetty feels good in the locker room after this, don't he? Um, I did one star because I don't know. It was fun enough, but and I like Pitbull one on the mic, but. It's sad and rough. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have to talk about the pitbulls okay, anymore. No, this one might finally be it. I mean, I'll have to have therapy later. They pretty much say it. We're going to leave if they lose to Chetty. Okay. So. Uh, all right. Wright's backstage is counting cash. He argues with a cameraman who doesn't want to do the job but gives in for a lot of cash. Wright says a Vince, uh, does a Vince McMahon impersonation, introduces us to Monday Night Raw. He talks about looking like Matthew Fox. He turned his roll down. And he won't get cancer. He says he does have video of ECW hotties and him in action, including Chastity, Francine, and Beulah. Beulah comes in and Lance grabs her hair and tells her never to make fun of him again on national TV. So she slaps him and Wright says he wants mommy. I don't know what the fuck Wright is supposed to be. I mean, I guess That's he's a great question. A rich pussy and Vince's lap boy. He acts tough. I feel like we get too many guys doing the same thing. That's the problem right now. It's like Gertner, Wright, Jeff Jones. Like, they're all kind of doing the same shtick where they're kind of pussies, but they talk tough. They get beat up, but they still talk tough. Fonzie used to do that, but Fonzie's kind of grandfathered in and out to his thing. I don't know. I just feel like we keep having this non-wrestler character that does the same shit every time. I mean, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh and honestly, like, it's not moments. Like yeah. some of them are funny, but yeah. it's, it's like, what is what is he? Why is he here? Yeah, I, I like seeing Beulah in a thing, so I, I kind of gave it a little bit of a pass for that. I did not like him pulling her by the hair. So if she wants to do another five star match and beat the shit out of him, I mean, like I'd be in for that. Yeah, I just don't know what the point of Lance Wright is. Like you said, I, I feel like he's one of these guys too many. Like you, you don't need another sleaze ball, slime ball like this. Like I don't know, it just feels like too. Save it for Gertner is basically what I'm saying. When you have Gertner who does that shtick so well, and then you have Lance Wright trying to do a, a great value version of that shtick. It just makes Wright look fucking awful, which he is. He looks awful mm-hmm. and he is awful, but I don't know. Like, I didn't understand the point of this. This made no sense to me. The point is to get Beulah on TV more. Well, then mission accomplished, I guess. 
All right, Al Snow's backstage. He says, Christmas is a time to reflect back on the last year and of his whole career. It's the happiest he's ever been. He appreciates everyone in ECW accepting him to the team and the fans have stood behind him and accepted him. And he wishes everyone a happy holiday season from him and his head. Snow then argues with Head, who didn't want him to do a serious promo, but Snow gives in and says, we all hope you get a little Head for Christmas. <laughs> Funny Don't kill, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Snow continues to cook. Yep. Yep. All right. Dick Dale can only mean one thing. It is time for some ECW Pulp Fiction. And uh, while that's the song we usually get, I, I don't know if this was a network dub. I'm sure it was, but... This like jazzy boozy Christmas music we get was fantastic. I it was it. pretty great. Yeah, yeah, I was like digging it. I don't know yeah. what song they used. We're gonna have to maybe Rocco could pull his VHS out and let us know. But I, <laughs> it was uh whatever it was, I don't know. But this this version they put on Peacock was fantastic. It was yeah. like I don't I don't even know how to describe what it was. It was this jazzy boozy Christmas music. Yeah. Uh, very s- s- saunter. <laughs> I don't know how to even explain it. <laughs> Sauntering, haunting. It's Swingy. like just, yeah. Yes, it's just, a little bit like Dean Martin holding a glass of whiskey. Type yeah, of it was very interesting. Uh, Francine's backstage. She's in a sexy Santa outfit. She's flirting with the fans. Ooh. The uh, FBI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Also boozy jazzy music, but uh, <laughs> yeah, glass of wine dancing in a circle, <laughs> doing a gimmick within a gimmick here, eating pizza. Like gimmick, uh, if yeah. you hear that song, that means it's the time for the Italian lesson of the week. Today's phrase is intro culo di mamata, intro culo di mamata, intro culo di mamata. It means up your mother's ass, of course, it does. <laughs> It's usually something like that. It just makes sense. Yeah. Al yeah. Snow in this fuck the head up your mother's ass. <laughs> oh my god. He said that in the promo. It's a whole thing being Italian. Um, all right. They are uh <laughs> This is great stuff. So they're trying it's to wish so us great. a they try to wish us a Merry Christmas. They have a Santa Claus lawn gnome. Uh <laughs> Rich is trying to say Buon Natale. I guess that could have just been the phrase. We could have just went I was wondering. Yeah. Okay, I wasted yeah, one. Well, I could have just yeah, that. Obviously, Buon Natale means uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, they argue. Wright is rubbing his face, and uh, the cameraman's teasing him. He's waiting for mommy to pick him up. Uh, we go back to the FBI. Rich is still a mess. Guido says he's talking French. Uh, Franzi's blowing his whistle. The FBI's still going. Rich can't hit the line. Now he's speaking Japanese. Uh, we go back to 1994 for a clip of Public Enemy at Rockefeller Square. Uh, Christmas. Uh, we go back to Chris Candido. He's singing Chris, Santa Claus is coming to town. Storms is smirking behind him, and he asks why he doesn't have his own locker. Candido tells him he's lucky to even have a belt. Uh, we go back to Christmas 95. The Dudley's at Rockefeller Center. Jenna Jameson's backstage. She's flirting. <clears throat> we get a Jameson moment for no reason. FBI still arguing. We get B-roll of Rockefeller Center. We get Rotten Balls talking about the turmoil in the tag division. We go back to last Christmas with the BWOs at Rockefeller Center. 
Uh, we then get some more Rockefeller Center B-roll. Francine spits out her gum and says, ho, 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 makes a Beulah joke. The FBI tries again, but Rich just wants to go drink, so they kick the lawn gnome, and Guido pins it as they count three, uh, which is great stuff. Only thing we're missing was a little Dominic the Donkey to uh, play us out. Yeah. Yeah. An Italian Christmas donkey. I was um, not prepared for the FBI segment there. No. That was the whole, the, the whole Pulp Fiction was great. Between the, yeah. the boozy yeah. music, the FBI, Francine and the hot Santa. It's sad they didn't send someone new to Rock Center. I feel like they usually yeah. have every Christmas. Uh, we saw them, so maybe they just figured the throwback for this one. But So we saw the three classics of them there. Um, I, I liked that. That was a good, it was a fun Pulp Fiction holiday style. Yeah. I thought Smothers losing his mind was like really funny. And mm-hmm. um, I loved the public enemy flashback when he says Rocco Feller Center. <laughs> Always right. popped me. And then when they pinned Santa, I lost it. So yeah, that shit was, was great. Uh, Tracy Smothers. I think it was Tracy Smothers saying the French blooded Italians at one <laughs> point was fantastic. And. Oh, sorry. Uh, just how much B-roll of Jenna Jameson did they shoot? Oh my God, they must have just filmed there for like ten minutes back there, and I guarantee really you, Paulie probably, probably still has the tape somewhere buried in his closet too. Oh, sure. He's got it converted to digital and all. He's got it on a Google Drive somewhere. <laughs> it's all to do. Imagine that. <laughs> Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la la la. La, 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 la. All right, let's get to our awards. I'm not sure about these Italians anymore. <laughs> Best match. Without us, you'd have no pizza. Best match. Mikey Whipwreck and Just Incredible. E- yes. Yep. Uh, worst match, Pitbull 2 and Chetty in the Pitbull retirement fiasco. Oh, yeah. Sadly. All right. Best moment, I went with uh, Credible, the attack on Mikey. I know it hurt you, Jenny, but it was a great angle. Um, and then Chetty pinning Pitbull too, the, and that stupid nonsense. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, most '90s. I went Paul Diamond and Matthew Fox. <laughs> yes, Matthew Fox. Yeah, uh, Jenna Jameson. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we got a lot of '90s icons on this one. Yeah. Uh, Stock Rising. I just went Sabu, Snow, Incredible. Chetty. Yeah. Uh, I would put Al Snow again. Snow? He wished us he wished us Merry Christmas. He, he did. And a little head. Uh, mm-hmm. Stock falling. I went Kill Paul the Diamond. Donkeys. Shoot it in his face, please. Paul <laughs> Diamond and the Pitbulls for uh, stock falling for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, again, put the Pitbulls twice. They deserve it. Um, all right, this is a pretty good episode. Again, I, I mean, I went six and a half out of ten. I, I don't know. I thought. I thought it hit. It's a lot of good stuff. They had a good angle. The hot crowd in Buffalo. Um, the Pulp Fiction was really good, so it's just, just a fun episode. I'm with you, six and a half. Same, six and a half. We're rolling for real. Like, mm-hmm. These All are right. like really fun. We're gonna roll right into the end of 1997, yeah, December are. 27th. Taz, we haven't seen him since November. Remember, marches to the ring in street clothes. He says, Five months ago, him and Tommy Dreamer made a pact <laughs> that he would be Dreamer's tag team partner if Tommy challenged him for his TV title next time in Buffalo. And unlike DODF and WCW, they will deliver what they promise. So tonight in the ring, we get them battling for the most prestigious belt in wrestling. And on uh, Dreamer will be just another victim. Do you like this callback? 
I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember at the time you didn't like the angle. I yeah, but a lot has happened since then. So. Yeah. Um, Taz has done a lot more legitimate wrestling to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that time. And it's a thing they easily could have forgotten about too. Yeah. So I'm glad they're yeah. at least paying it off. All right, opening animation then brings us to the nest. Joey sets up the night ahead. He takes us to the ECW arena for highlights of Sandman and Dreamer taking on Van Dam and Sabu. And that is our next match, our first match of the night. As Sandman and Tommy Dreamer take on Rob Van Dam and Sabu. We join during entrances. Tommy and Sandman are chugging beer. Beulah stands on a ladder. Joey says it's the hottest feud in wrestling as Beulah poses. Tommy stares at her ass. Sandman climbs a ladder and stands behind her, chugs a beer. Got a whole three-way vibe going here. Yep. We, we clip ahead to the match, starting with stereo baseball slides from Tommy and Sandman. They brawl on the floor. Sabu gets two on Tommy with a slingshot body block. RVD throws Sandman to the railing. Tommy turns the tide in the ring, gets a bulldog and a leg sweep. RVD comes in with a leg drop. We cut ahead to Sabu flying out of the ring into Tommy and the crowd in a wild spot. RVD nails Sammy with a somersault splash on the floor. We clip to Tommy pulling a ladder in the ring. Fonzie trips up Sandman and Dreamer, so they chuck the ladder at Sabu and RVD as they charge. Tommy throws RVD to the ladder, whips Sandman at him. RVD dodges. They take turns throwing each other into the ladder until Sammy just throws it into RVD, slams Sabu, and hits a slingshot leg drop. Tommy hits a big splash. They do the same thing to RVD. Hits stereo pile drivers for a near fall, but Fonzie saves. Beulah comes in and chases off Fonzie. We clip ahead again to Jeff Jones coming out. He throws <sighs> Beulah out of the ring and pulls her to the floor. Beulah swings at him, but Jones carries her off as RVD and Sabu double up. RVD and Fonzie hold the chair against Tommy's busted heel, and Sabu slams a ladder on it. They throw Sandman off the top of the ladder, uh, into the ladder head first. RVD puts Sandman's head in between the rungs, and Sabu hits a leg drop across his head. Ouch. Uh, we clip ahead, and Sandman's being taken to the back. Tommy's left alone. RVD puts him on a surfboard. Sabu comes off the top of the chair, but Tommy rocks down and he hits RVD instead. Sabu grabs a chair and smashes Tommy in the boot. We then clip to Fonzie getting the mic. He says Vince McMahon told him to come by the bingo hall because no one could beat Sabu and RVD. And that brings out Taz to a pop. Taz and Sabu stare down in a circle. Taz takes him down. RVD makes a save and stomps away. They double up and beat on Taz until he rumbles back and hits some suplexes on Van Damme. Tommy brings a table in the ring, which annoys Taz. Tommy puts RVD on the table. He goes up top, but Taz stops him. Then he goes up, and they hit a La Bombe de Quebec. Stevie shows up and super kicks Tommy, but he turns into Taz until Sabu saves and grabs a Taz mission. RVD comes in and pins Tommy with a frog splash to win the match. Uh, wild chaos is always even clipped. We saw a lot of it. Uh, a lot of wild spots littered in throughout. Taz getting involved shows he's buckling a bit and starting to rep the brand. Uh, RVD and Sabu escape with another win. Stevie, I guess, is in the mix, but we kind of know he's really done. Uh, so Matt went three and a quarter. All in, just a typical ECW fuckfest uh, with all the top guys. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty, you hit the nail on the head pretty much. I mean, ECW, standard ECW tag fuckfest. I went three stars on it. I, I do feel it, it was good, but I do feel it's starting to get a little samey. Like, you know, our, I, I, and it's not so much like the style of match. It's more like the RVD Sabu stuff. Like, I don't want to see Jeff Jones again. <laughs> I'm kind of over it. You oh, know, God, I, know. I, I feel like they need to move on from that stuff. And I don't know. I, I feel like they could have been there. There was something missing for me that kept this from going to the next level. Like, I, I feel like it could have been more heated. And I mean, it was pretty heated as is. But I mean, we've seen some of these tag matches and just how heated and violent they are. And I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like it was kind of missing something for me. It was still good. Like I said, I went three stars on it. But 
Yeah, I don't know. To me, it was missing some of the juice that some of these previous like fuckfest tag matches have had, Jenny. I don't know. I kind of felt the exact opposite of this of that because Tommy and, and Sandman come in there with way more confidence than they really should at this point because they've been rocked by <laughs> Sabu and RVD for a hot minute. So when they come in with the baseball slides and they hit these double ladder moves and they do the double rolling thunder and they're getting the pile drivers in. So I'm just like, shit, you know, it's they're actually putting some hurt on Sabu and RVD, which it's been a minute, I feel like, but because Sabu, I just feel like is indestructible, so I don't really count his broken jaw or anything, <laughs> or whatever happened to his jaw, but anyway, I feel like I hit on something when I said that this ref stuff is for Beulah, like, I feel mm-hmm. like that's why it keeps getting in there is to give her something to do that's not a cat fight with Francine, um, so I think that's why it, it's like I'm annoyed by it, it takes me out of it, but when it's when Beulah's not involved, but when you add her, I think it right. adds to the story and the match, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's my thought on that. Um, so I didn't mind it as much in this. Um, and also before the match, Tommy opened a beer and poured it on her, and then <laughs> yes, he uh, did. Kind of did as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that when when they when Sabu and RVD started coming back, they were just fucking lethal. With the chair or with the ladder to the foot, mm-hmm. um, just just battering Tommy's poor foot again, um, murdering every uh, put his head in the ladder. That was rough. Um, and then Taz coming in, I kind of wasn't expecting it, just because Taz has had that distance, right? And mm-hmm. expecting them later in the show. So, and then the Stevie run in was good. So. And I like the end, actually, even though I'm tired of uh, Tommy Dreamer losing these matches. So I did three and a half. Okay. All right. Al Snow's backstage. He's begging Head to finish up in the shower so he doesn't use all the water again, the hot water. His ranting is sliced into clips of snow in the ring. Snow turns off the water. We see Head with a swimming cap on. Snow does a strip tease and compares packages with Head. This usual madness. With the guy. <laughs> I like how you just hand waved that whole thing. It's, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Joey's in the nasty recast what went down with Mikey Whipwreck and Justin Credible a week ago. We get clips of the injury and attack. Joey rants some more about Credible's actions, how he thinks he's the next great superstar, but guys like Shane Douglas and Bam Bam Bigelow hurt each other in action, not after an injury occurred. Bigelow and Douglas are both out of action. Paulie cuts in and tells Joey that Shane wants to talk. Shane's in in a sling. He's with Candido, Storm, and Francine backstage. Shane said it took three men to do what four used to do, but they do it better. They didn't get old, but by 34, he threw down a belt with Legacy for a third time. He now has the ECW world title. At 24 and 26, Candido and Storm are the greatest team in ECW. The triple threat's the best. Storm puts up the symbol, and Candido pulls his hand down and says, Not yet! <laughs> uh, I love the Candido Storm stuff, Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I thought that was really great. Just Candido getting so mad that Storm would even dare to throw not yet, not yet. the triple threats. How dare you, sir? You soon, don't, you don't, soon, you don't get to, even though we've won the tag belts, you don't get to fucking do that yet, sir. Uh, look, I'm glad that they're still having Shane on TV while he's champion, while he's recovering. Because, yeah. I mean, he easily could have disappeared for like, you know, four or five months, however long it's going to take for him to get healthy again. So if he keeps cutting promos, I'm fine with it. Like, at least 
he's going to be on TV if he's not wrestling. So, yeah, I, I like this, Jenny. Boy, that's one thing Shane can do. If he can't mm-hmm. go in the ring, he's going to be able to run his mouth. Right. He's going to be fucking insufferable, ain't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With all those belts and mm-hmm. Francine wearing that outfit. Like, it doesn't get much better for Shane. at this, Except for the injury. I mean, I guess that would be one thing. But, like, he's he's feeling it. He's feeling himself and them. So, I'm excited to see what they get into. And I hope I hope he can come back soon, I guess. I don't know. All right. We get to our next match, and that is Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney taking on Lou Marconi and Wild Bill. Uh, quite the match here. Not Lou Marloni, but Lou Marconi. Uh, Joey jokes about plastic chairs being used on Monday nights as Axel and Balls jump Marconi and Bill. They continue to load with heavy strikes and uh, hit their finishers and murder both guys with chair shots. Squash. Half star. Yep. Um, violent squash, one star. Hmm. Matt, anything? Are I'm you sorry, good? you cut out. Oh, anything huh? on that match? Uh, on the match, no. I mean, it was basically nothing. It was squash. half a star. I mean, this the square, the the square. Jesus, the chair shots were disgusting and mm-hmm. uh, uh, complete and utter domination. Poor Lou Maloney. All right. We head right back to the ring as the FBI are here to take on Tommy Rogers and Jerry Lynn. Looks like a new team maybe coming out of November to remember. FBI do the usual routine on the way out. Joey cracks his usual jokes. Uh, Lynn and Guido start things off. We clip around to Lynn tripping Guido up, grinding him with a side headlock. Gets a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, knocks Guido to the floor. We clip ahead to Rogers working over Smothers. Lynn gets two on high cross body. Lynn gets tied up. Uh, with Guido, Smothers hits him from behind to take over. They throw Lynn outside, and Rich gets a few shots. We clip ahead to more double-team offense by the FBI getting near falls. We clip again to Rogers cleaning house and getting a near fall on Guido. Rogers is up top. It's a missile dropkick on Smothers. Rogers hits a Tamikaze on Guido, but Rich comes in. He hits a Tamikaze, too. Smothers kicks Rogers down and goes up top. It's a back elbow on Lynn, who saved Tommy. Rogers pops up, hits a Tamikaze on Smothers, and the FBI are done. It seemed fun. It was clipped up pretty good. Uh, FBI are great. Rogers and Lynn seem like they might get a push, and I think they work pretty well together as a pure face team. Uh, Rogers cleaning house of the Tamikazes was nice to get the move over. Uh, FBI scuffled, Jenny. I went two stars. Fine. Two again. stars? Oh, yeah. God. I, I overrated this. This was a stupid little gem for me. I don't know why <laughs> I like this fucking match so much. It was good. Yeah. I, I really like uh, the FBI being ridiculous and joey being outraged at them um but i just thought they they just somehow just they all were fucking going like it was fast paced and i just love jerry lynn maybe that's it he he just always adds something for me he bumps around like crazy i mean they all were getting all their stuff in i thought it looked really fun and good <laughs> the tamikaze holy shit that move i was and he just kept hitting it and hitting it and hit a lot this is awesome. Um, fucking fun for me. I did three stars. 
I went uh, I went two and a half on it. Uh, fairly standard tag team stuff. Uh, the Rogers push out of nowhere is very weird to me, but he's kind of he's kind of growing on me. I mean, obviously he's, he was part of the Fantastic, so he knows how to work in a tag team. And I think him and Lynn work pretty well together. But man, this push out of nowhere is real weird. He gets a pay per view match with Candido out of nowhere, and then now he's in this team with Jerry Lynn. So I mean, maybe he's gonna stick around, which would be very weird and a thing I was not expecting. But uh, yeah, so I thought this was a perfectly solid tag match. So I went two and a half on it. Yep. How old is he? In this? Tommy Rogers. He, he looks yeah. about 60, but I want to say. <laughs> he's fucking going like he's just flying around. Well, like I mean, the Fantastics are great. I mean, I like he's always been them. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. He uh, was born in 61. So he's only 54 now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not 54. He died at 54 in 2015, sadly. Oh, no. So he, But he would have been, what, 36? Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. Well. They could be a good addition. I hope him and Lynn yeah. stick around as a team. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, me we too. talked about overhauling the tag division. Mm-hmm. We got Candido and Storm as champions. We got mm-hmm. Rogers and Lynn hanging around. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we're starting to see some momentum. All right, main event time is that TV title match between Taz and Tommy Dreamer. We start off the top with Taz and Tommy trading holds. That goes on for a minute. Taz cranks a side headlock. Taz pops off and twists a walking boot, but Tommy breaks free with a Fujiwara armbar. Taz fights to his feet, gets a judo throw, but Tommy comes back with a sun gun and pounds away. We head outside. Taz hits a hard clothesline. Tommy comes back with a chair shot. Back inside, Tommy snapmares Taz onto the chair, but heads up, and Taz crotches him. It's a super belly-to-belly. Taz stomps away, runs into a big boot. Tommy gets a bulldog. Taz ducks the clothesline, tries a German, but Tommy counters into a leg sweep. Taz takes down Tommy, goes to an ankle lock. Tommy gets to the ropes. Taz counters the DDT to a Taz mission. Tommy gets the ropes, and it's a low blow. Hits a DDT for two. We spill outside to get a series of reversals into the railing. Tommy misses a baseball slide. Taz puts Tommy through a table with a T-bone on the floor and a great bump. Fonzie, RVD, and Sabu come out. They attack Taz and beat him down until Tommy saves. Out comes Brockus. He has a raw shirt on. He gets on the apron and rips the shirt off. A Sam Nan comes out. We get a stare down, and we are done. Uh, below expectations. Mm. Again, I think it's Tommy's foot. is really kind of ruining a lot of his matches. He's hidden in the tag stuff, but when he's got to go. I also think this is a house show in Buffalo, so I don't think they're, like, balling out completely either. Mm-hmm. Um, still fun, though. The table suplex was great. The crowd is mm-hmm. into it. The post-match was good as the feud continues to rock. Uh, good stuff. You, you just hope for more, maybe, out of the – given the build. Uh, so Matt went two and a half. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I went uh, I went two and a half on this, too. Uh, you could clearly tell that uh, they're trying to keep Tommy limited because this was pretty quick. And I mean, this match went from first gear to fourth gear, like in the snap of a finger. So I feel like they're trying to limit Tommy's time out there because the man is on one leg. Tommy, for God's sake, stay home for a week. It's OK. <laughs> They'll survive without you. Like, it's fine. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like it was also another one of these matches where you saw the finish coming. Like you couldn't really see either one of these guys uh, taking a pin. And God, I am super curious to see what the eventual, I'm assuming, Taz Brackus match is going to be like. <laughs> like the morbid curiosity I have for that match. Like that could go, that could either be real fun or boy, it could be a disaster. So uh, yeah, uh, two and a half for me, Jenny. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Um, this is like, I called it hardcore light because it's, mm. it's Tommy hurt, which he always is hurt, but he's really like hurt, hurt. Um, and the Taz, which is meh on hardcore shit. So, but he stepped it up with the Taz flex through the table, which was awesome. 
and um, he seems like he is trying to step out of his comfort zone a little bit. Um, I don't mind it. I like it. And Tommy's a good person to work with if that's what he wants to do. Um, but I do hate that he's hurt so bad and it sucks for him and for us because these should be like classic matches for me. Um, but I did do two and three quarter stars. All right. That's it for 1997. Uh, best match of this card. I went with the main of, uh, I'm sorry, with the uh, tag Dreamer and Sam versus RVD and Taz. Yes. Yep. Worst match was uh, Lou Maloney and Wild Bill Irwin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, best moment, I went with Sabu's ladder guillotine on Sandman. That was sick. Oh, my God. It was so mm. uh, The dick measuring contest was also quite a moment between <laughs> Al Snow and Head. Yep. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know. That chair ladder to Tommy's foot was gross, too. Yes. Speaking of 90s, Head was my most 90s. <laughs> Speaking ahead, that is my most nineties. Stock rising. I went Sabu, RVD, triple threat. Tommy Rogers. Tommy Rogers. Mm, good one. Yes. Yeah. And stock falling. Uh, Tommy Dreamer's heel, and then uh, <laughs> Bill and Marconi. Yeah. Nice for them. His foot's been on that list like three weeks in a row. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, that thing's been fucked up for a while now. He needs to take yeah. like a month off. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, final grade. This is the worst of the four, but still, I mean, mm. still pretty good. There's stuff going on. You know, we're getting to see the stars. I went six out of ten. I don't know. I thought the matches were like better uh, on this one for me. And I mean, we have that one kind of crappy one, but we got a good Shane promo and mm-hmm. Al Snow in the showers. So I'm gonna do seven out of ten. Yeah, uh, it's a notch below for me, too. I also went the six, but it's been a very consistent set of episodes here. They're all around that six, six and a half, seven range. So I right. mean, can't, you can't hate it all that much. All right. 1997's in the books, crew. Mm-hmm. It's been, it was a great year. I mean, yeah. if you think back, wild. the year started with Rick Rude in the mask. Come to fuck <laughs> with the franchise. Um, he did. We got our first three pay-per-views. Triple Threat dominated most of the most of the year mm-hmm. taz you know went crazy murdering guys the wf stuff with lawler and all that bigelow bigelow's arrival and ascent like it's it's been a good year we've seen a lot of really good stuff mm-hmm. um i'm curious 98 i feel like we're getting close to them becoming like mainstream in mm-hmm. 98 like, mm-hmm. nope. into 99 so i think you know, we're going to continue to grow in popularity and presentation and all that's going to get a little cleaner and sharper. Um, more names are going to come and go and we'll see how things go. But we're crazy enough. We're almost I think we're a little over halfway home now because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we end at the end of 2000. So we get three calendar years left to get through. We've done four. So, yeah, wild. Uh, North South Connection, we got everything going on. Just go to NorthSouthConnection.com. You can see all of our content. We got video stuff on YouTube. Uh, a lot of those have, uh, all of them have audio versions pretty much as well on any podcatcher app. Jenny has a lot of content every Wednesday. Uh, so if you're digging that, you can check it out on Wednesdays. You can find us also over at the Place of the Nation on different stuff as well. So just track us down on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on Facebook. We're all over the place. Check us out. Stay extreme. We'll talk to you in two weeks as we start in 1998.
Children sing and clap their hands and Dominic starts to dance. They talk Italian to him and he even understands. Kumbaras and Kumbaras do they dance a darandel. When San Benegola comes to town and brings Ujucharilla, hey, jingy dee jing. It's Dominic the donkey, jingy dee jing. The Italian Christmas donkey, la 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 la